You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. All of the plagues were, if I can say it this way, like God saying, Oh, you worship that God? Really? Okay. Oh, you worship the Nile? Watch this. I'm going to turn that into blood. How's your God now? Wouldn't it stand to reason that I am God? As students of God's Word, having a general knowledge of world history can be beneficial to our studies. As Pastor J.D. points out in today's message, all of the plagues of Egypt were actually judgments against Egypt's worship of false gods. In his study, you'll learn yet another example of the awesome and wonderful power of the one true God. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 78 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Nevertheless, verse 36, they flattered him with their mouth and they lied to him with their tongue, for their heart was not steadfast with him, nor were they faithful in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered, there's that word again, verse 39, that they were but flesh. I was just thinking this last week. In fact, I was in my time just talking with the Lord and He with me. I just said, Lord, thank you that you know that I am dust. I am weak. I am nothing. Apart from you, I can do nothing. I am nothing. I am but dust. A breath that passes away and does not come again. Verse 40, how often they provoked him in the wilderness. I was thinking of it this way, Lord, I, I, I never want to provoke you. What does that mean, to provoke him? To provoke him to wrath? To displease him and grieve him in the desert? This has its application in the new covenant as it relates to grieving the Holy Spirit. Keep in mind that we have God the Holy Spirit indwelling us. So we take God the Holy Spirit everywhere we go, into every conversation we have, into everything we watch online, everything we see on the TV. And that's how we can grieve and God forbid, worse yet, infinitely worse, quench the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is just, no, no. Yes, verse 41, 
again and again they tempted God. See it this way, tested God, provoked God, pushed God. And this is interesting, limited the Holy One of Israel. And here we have it again, verse 42. They did not remember, remember, they forgot, if you prefer, His power. The day when He redeemed them from the enemy, when He worked His signs in Egypt, and His wonders in the field of Zoan, turned their rivers into blood. This was one of the plagues. And their streams that they could not drink. He sent swarms of flies among them, which devoured them, and frogs, which destroyed them. He also gave their crops to the caterpillar, and their labor to the locust. He destroyed their vines with hail, and their sycamore trees with frost. He also gave up their cattle, verse 48, to the hail, and their flocks to fiery lightning. He cast on them the fierceness of His anger, wrath, indignation, and trouble by sending angels of destruction among them. A little side note, parenthetically. Every single one of the plagues in Egypt was against a God that the Egyptians worshipped. What do you mean? Oh, the river Nile that God turned to blood? They saw the river Nile and worshipped the river Nile as a God. They had something like 3,000 gods. That's a lot of gods. We serve the one and only true God. I can't even imagine serving that many gods. They served the frog gods. Yeah, frogs were gods too. All of the plagues were, if I could say it this way, like God saying, oh, you worship that God? Really? Okay. Oh, you worship the Nile? Watch this. I'm going to turn that into blood. How's your God now? Wouldn't it stand to reason that I am God? That's not a God. All of those things that they worship, God demonstrated His power over them. Which is why it's interesting in verse 42 that Asaph would say they did not remember His power. Verse 50, He made a path for His anger. He did not spare their soul from death but gave their life over to the plague. Now please, again, this might be a little bit hard to kind of wrap your mind around. I mean, this is a a wrathful God who is angry and is meeting out this judgment and He made a path for His anger, did not spare their soul from death. You have to understand that they had already sealed their fate. This was not God being unjust or unfair or unnecessarily cruel. They had already hardened their heart against God. They had already sealed their fate. And so God was just giving them over to what they had already done. Verse 51, and destroyed 
all the firstborn in Egypt, the first of their strength in the tents of Ham. But, verse 52, he made his own people go forth like sheep. Again, in the deliverance out of slavery from Egypt. He did this all to Egypt, yet the Israelites were set free. His own people go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. And he led them on safely so that they did not fear, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. I love that. And if you don't mind, I just want to share something because there are those, and perhaps you've heard this, that say, you know, this whole Red Sea thing, that was not a miracle. It was actually the Reed Sea. It was only 18 inches deep. So come on, this was, forget the whole, you know, the Ten Commandments, you know, where Charlton Heston, you know, parts the Red Sea, or God uses Charlton Heston to part the Red Sea. Really dramatic. By the way, my sister works for Paramount Movie Studios, and when I was there last year, she took us to the place where they filmed the Ten Commandments and showed us where the whole Red Sea part was filmed. I don't want to <laughs> rain on anybody's parade, no pun intended, but it was the side of a building in this huge parking lot, and that's where the Red Sea was parted. Kind of ruined it for me, actually. I didn't appreciate that, because <laughs> it was pretty good cinematography for way back then. So it was only 18 inches deep. It wasn't the Red Sea, it was the Reed Sea, to which I say, and I love this response, Okay, let me see if I got this straight. So, okay, let's just say it was the Reed Sea, and it was only 18 inches, no big deal, and God just kind of like brought a wind, and you know, so they just walk across. That's even a greater miracle, because God then had to drown all the Egyptians in 18 inches of water. Okay, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Again, no pun intended. Okay, I feel better now. I just had to share that. Verse 54, And he brought them to his holy border, this mountain which his right hand had acquired. He also drove out the nations before them, allotted them an inheritance by survey, and made the tribes of Israel dwell in their tents. Yet, here we go again, deja vu all over again. They tested and provoked the Most High God, and did not keep His testimonies, but turned back and acted unfaithfully like their fathers. They were turned aside like a deceitful bow, for they provoked Him to anger with their high places. This is speaking of the places of worship that they had constructed to these gods and goddesses, and moved him to jealousy with their carved images. When God heard this, he was furious and greatly, this is really strong, and greatly abhorred Israel. So, verse 60, that he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh, the tent he had placed among men, and delivered his strength into captivity, and his glory into the enemy's hand. 
He also gave his people, verse 62, over to the sword and was furious with his inheritance. By the way, we <laughs> this gets a little bit better, but <laughs> hang in there. The fire consumed their young men, verse 63, and their maidens were not given in marriage. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows made no lamentation. How sad is that? Then, verse 65, thank God for verse 65. The Lord awoke as from sleep, like a mighty man who shouts because of wine, and he beat back his enemies. He put them to a perpetual reproach. Moreover, he rejected the tent of Joseph and did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loved. And he built his sanctuary like the heights, like the earth which he has established forever. He also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the ewes that had young, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, Israel, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. So, verse 72, lastly, he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. Okay, a couple thoughts. This, <laughs> what a psalm, right? Oh my goodness. As I was thinking about and praying about Psalm 78, I spent some time this week, more so than I usually do, and for a couple of reasons I just want to share with you. But it struck me that we as Christians all have a Psalm 78 in our own lives, and I'll explain what I mean by that. We could all write a Psalm 78 of all the times that God was faithful in our lives in the past. And depending on how long We've been walking with the Lord. It might be longer for others, and some of our Psalm 78s might be not as long as others. But and this, by the way, was just a small recording and remembering of all the works that God had done. Think about this. If you were to, and by the way, a number of years ago, I started journaling for this very reason. It's, I guess you could say a prayer journal serves as a Psalm 78, because even now I'll go back. So here we are in January 2019. I'll go back to January 2018. Sometimes it's, it's kind of hard. And, and, and there are days when, and, and I do it on my computer, I actually type faster than I can write. And I remember I had to write, actually write out something with a pen. And it was really kind of astonishing how my handwriting had deteriorated over the years because everything's digital now. And I, and I had to go back and it took me like, it was, a, it was a card. I actually wrote a thank you card to somebody, and I, it, it took me three times. It was just a very simple thank you card, and I messed up so bad, 
you know, I tried to go back and make that L look like a T, and then I botched it, and it was worse. And I thought, well, you know, so I just threw it out and got another card, and it took me like three times. I'm thinking, man, I, no wonder I just, you know, type things. And so sometimes I'll just be very detailed about how God was so faithful in a situation that I was in that was very difficult. A time when I was very discouraged. A time when I was full of fear and did not see how God was going to work it out. But God, as He's always so faithful to, worked it out, not only worked it out for the good, it was exceedingly abundantly above and beyond, 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 beyond anything I could have ever thought, let alone asked. My uh, son was uh, texting me uh, just today, in fact, and we're working on something, and I said, you know, we just need to pray that, you know, the Lord uh, blesses this, and he's getting ready to go back on Sunday to uh, college uh, after the Christmas break. And um, so he, he texted me, and he said, oh, Baba, this is too good to be true. So I texted back, God is too good, and God is true. No such thing as too good to be true. In other words, if it's good, it's God. God will do that which only He can and always does. And when you journal these and, ha- and keep a prayer list and a record of all of those times, because you know what happens, we forget, right? We forget those times when we were just like in this situation where <laughs> there's no way. I mean, this is bad. This is really, really bad. This is really, really, really bad. And then we pray, and it's like we have to inform God, God, this is really bad. Could you imagine God in heaven going, wow, I didn't realize it was so bad. (laughs) When did this happen? I mean, okay, now this is really bad. This is really, really, what do you mean? You're supposed to be all-knowing. What do you mean, when did this happen? What do you mean this is really bad? Did you ever think that maybe God allowed the situation to become as bad as it is so that He could show you how good He always is? And were it not for that situation being as bad as it is, how's God going to show His faithfulness and His goodness in the midst of how bad that situation is? Sometimes I think that I know in my own life, and we're going to talk about this on Sunday, by the way, in Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. Really looking forward to it. We're actually going to do a a two-part series on uh, the purpose of suffering. The purpose of suffering. What what is produced in our suffering, in our trials? And I don't want to preach Sunday's sermon tonight, but maybe a little bit of a spoiler alert. One of the 
biggest reasons, I believe, is, is that God wants to bring us to the end of ourselves with that bad situation that He has brought into our lives, allowed, permitted in our lives, not necessarily caused, but allowed, because He wants to show us His faithfulness and His goodness in ways we could have never otherwise known had we not been in that situation. This is how it is with the Israelites. And that's to me the important life lesson when it comes to the goodness of God, the blessing of God. I'm going to suggest this, and it might jam your gears, and I'll try to explain it. But I believe that oftentimes prosperity and blessing can be more difficult for us to handle than is adversity. And the reason is, is that when things are going good, we're prone to forget the Lord. When things are not going good, we have no choice but to turn to the Lord. But no, when, when things are just going smoothly and smashingly, I like that word, by the way, smashing. That's a word we need to bring back. You look smashing. <laughs> when things are just smashing and you're just blessed, you know, God is just blessing your life and things are going well. That's when you're more likely to kind of glide and abide, as one said. Proverbs 30, I want to read verses 7 through 9. Two things I request of you, deprive me not before I die. Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me. You want to know why? Lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. I think of what Jesus said. It is harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. You want to know why? Because in that abundance, in that prosperity, in those riches, you trust in them instead of the Lord. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Psalms. While our time with you is ending, your study of God's Word doesn't have to. Everyone can learn from the Bible, and everyone will be blessed when they open their hearts to its truth. As you spend time in Scripture today, ask God to share His heart directly with yours, and be open to whatever He has to teach you. Know that we're praying for you as you study, and we'll continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. 
Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. Find out more about us and get directions at inspiritandtruthradio.com. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. while you're there or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to view the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true.